Hey, everybody. Welcome to Thursday. It's a crazy day. Meta is just crushing at the stocks. Nearly doubled since November when I made my J trade. Yeah. News there, Molly. Up like uh, 28%, I think, today. So we're going to compare wow. strategies here and then advantages because we compare it with Snap's earnings, which were almost the same, but did not produce the same result. We'll break down why a little bit. And also, everybody's ripping today because the Fed hiked rates by only 25 bips. We're going to talk a little macro about what's next for the economy. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear they're ending uh, their action of hiking rates. And the market seems to have concluded from their comments about deflation or the de-escalation of inflation, you know, whatever term, but it was kind of dovish. And the, the soft landing um, is a possibility or a model recession. So that's good news for the economy. But the labor shortage remains. And so we talk a little bit about automation uh, in the face of this crazy labor shortage and what we're seeing in the real world. Yep. And then we wrap up the news with a quick update on generative AI story of the year. We have entered yep. the AI era. ChatGPT hit 100 million monthly active users. Google uh, is already testing a competitor and Bing sees a chance. Microsoft yes. sees a chance and leap ahead. Yeah, they're going to incorporate it. And then Teams, Microsoft Teams is incorporating ChatGPT as well. So this is extraordinary that ChatGPT got to 100 million monthly active users in only two months. Took TikTok nine months to get to 100 million. Uh, and then we have Lon Harris on for another edition of This Week in Streaming. Oscar nomination, Spotify earnings, James Gunn in the DC universe. And we'll talk about my favorite new rom-com, episode three of HBO Smash It, The Last of Us. It's going to be just a fantastic show. Yeah, stick with us. This Week in Startups is brought to you by House of Macadamias is the next big health trend. Get 20% off your first purchase at houseofmacadamias.com slash twist by using code TWIST20. Microsoft for Startups Founders Hub helps all founders build a better startup at a lower cost from day one. Startups get up to $150,000 in Azure credits, access to OpenAI APIs, free dev tools like GitHub, technical advisory, access to mentors and experts, and so much more. There is no funding requirement and it only takes minutes to join. Sign up today at aka.ms slash this week in startups and any place. Do your best work in your favorite cities. Any place lets you rent furnished apartments that include equipped workspaces and gigabit speed internet. Available for 30 days or longer, get $250 off your booking with the code TWIST250 at anyplace.com slash twist. All right, everybody, it's Thursday, lots going on. We'll have Lon Harris to talk about all of the things happening in streaming from Spotify to DC to HBO's. What is the winning streak? Zombie? Last of Us. Yeah. Last of Us episode three. Ugh, my favorite have to do it. of all time. Just going to have to do it. Maybe this is time for me to face my, fa my favorite rom-com. I stepped on that great line. Mm. My favorite like, rom-com. No, don't worry about it. It's amazing. All right, but there's a lot of news going on. I guess top amongst the news is Meta. I think that's the number one. I story think so. Right now. Yes, I think that yeah. uh, we have to acknowledge that one. Okay. J. Cal has played this perfectly. <laughs> Got lucky. Like, like a maestro. Yes. Like he I took that cello and he just made us weep with his J trade. It's, it's mercenary funny. at exactly the right moment. In doing this J trading, you can go check out jtrading.com. I said, you know what? I'm just going to put a little bit of money in a box. I'm going to just start trading and take it out of this. I had some money laying in a, uh, a, um, and a, a, um, like a perfectly balanced portfolio account, you know, like a mutual fund type thing. So let's yeah. see if I can trade it myself to see if I can learn lessons about trading. And one of the lessons I learned, and I said it to you, was. I'm not going to go with my heart or my ethics or my morals. <laughs> I'm going to go with the pride that Zuckerberg has uh, and never losing in his life and now being faced with everybody telling him he's a loser. Let's see uh, if he responds to this. And that night on a Sunday night, he said he's laying off 10,000 people. He's like, oh, he's listening to people. So I put an order in when it was at $90. It got filled at 94. And I think mm -hmm. today it's trading at 180 or something. Yeah, the stock is up oh, over 196. 196. 
It's the, it's the best trading day in a decade for Meta, if not ever. Yeah. Like by the end of the day, it could be ever. Um, yeah. Yeah. Up well over 20%, I believe, after Meta beat revenue estimates. And most importantly, and this is, uh, I mean, this is what I find so amazing, right? Is like, you played the game perfectly and Zuck played Wall Street perfectly. He did yeah. the layoffs. He announced a $40 billion Whoa. share buyback. Incredible. And he stopped talking about the metaverse for like five freaking minutes. And boom, scene. Like no fundamentals have changed at Meta. They laid off like some, but not all of the people they hired during the pandemic. Yeah. Massive share buyback. 75,000 people, I think, is the rough estimate. I think so. I mean, like yeah. an insane amount of people were yeah. laid off, right? 11,000 people. But that, I think that was still maybe less or about as many as they had hired during the pandemic. Reality Labs, uh, I think, still lost double digit billions, maybe something like that. But he just he turned that game around. He turned that story right around. He did the things that Wall Street wanted. And J. Cal won big. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fine. I, I think looking at the newfound focus, they are getting focused on the existing business, cutting costs, and leaning into AI and maybe cutting some of the costs associated with the metaverse. And so Great. Uh, revenue is down year over year a little bit, 4%, mm -hmm. which you would expect in a down market for an advertising-based business. Uh, Reality Labs Plus generated 7 million in revenue in Q4. Um, I think they some, lost a ton of money. But they lost $4.2 billion in Q4. Yeah. And That's a lot of net, money. Net income was down 55% year over year, $4.6 billion. I mean, it's really, this is why I keep saying, like, I actually don't think the fundamentals have changed. I don't think there is a lot of, like, sudden new austerity or a change in focus he's just playing the game better honestly he's playing for with wall street in mind right now yeah uh and if you look at snaps earnings they were flat year over year so slightly better <laughs> on a percentage basis yeah uh and and they lost 288 million 375 million down so they're up 17 percent year over year so snaps growing not mm -hmm. revenue but the number of users and they have that paid version for four bucks a month you can get some premium snap features and they got 2 million people paying for that. So yeah. that to me is the most fascinating What you know, half a percentage point, 50 basis points of the users are now paying. I wonder if that can get to 5%. And if they get to 5%, could that be 20 million people at some point right. paying for a social network? And maybe that's a little bit of extra uh, money, but uh, maybe they don't have yeah, the ability to do buyback. So yeah. I think that's probably the big difference. It's, snap is up today. Everything's up today, right? Today is yeah. on a ripper because good transition yeah uh, snap is up but its stock immediately dropped 10 percent upon earnings yesterday whereas meta of course through the roof um but yes everybody is feeling great and in the green today because the fed uh hiked 25 basis points yesterday a quarter of a percent and noted that jobs and wage data are cooling off and then i don't know if you watched the press conference at all but i started playing a little fizzy water drinking game with the word um disinflation like he yeah. actually said more than once, we are at the beginning of a disinflation curve. Yeah. Like he was like, I don't know what's going to happen, right? We can't, His we can't say we're there yet, but the tone was very different. And that word, I think, you know, they're yeah. so careful. Like if you parse the Fed down to the like emphasis on a syllable. And so for him to repeat, I think over and over disinflation is a, is a big signal. They knew that we were getting to the end of this, right? Because they raised 75 basis points in November, 50 basis points in December, 25 basis points, I guess, at the beginning of February here. Uh, and they're going to do it again, another 25 points. And that puts them from zero all the way up to 4.5 or 4.75, whatever that is. And some people said, hey, maybe he goes to five and a quarter or something. But we oh, knew we were getting to the end of this. And the mm -hmm. question was, did it have any impact? And obviously, it's had an impact. And I think he was saying, like, a lot of this was yet to be seen. So it's, yeah. if it's yet to be seen, I think that means they see their actions um, will continue, the, you know, getting to 4.5 or whatever. They see their actions are going to slow everything down. And then people obviously trade ahead of the market. So they want to get into stocks now thinking, well, maybe next year or the end of this year, they go up. Right. Um, but well, I don't think there's going to be a cut or anything, but it's made me feel a little bit better no. about the economy that maybe they did the right thing by moving so fast. The Fed, that is, after doing the wrong thing by moving so slow.
let me tell you about House of Macadamias. Yes, this brand has a special place in my heart because the founders, Carmen and Brandon, well, they're Twist listeners. They've been listening to this podcast and they told me that they got inspired to start this company after listening to this very pod and reading my book, Angel. In fact, their first angel investment wound up hitting it big and they used the returns on that angel investment to start a nut business. These people are crazy. They're nuts. They started a macadamia nut business and it is delicious. You can see the graphics on the screen. All nuts are not created equal. Peanuts, almonds, cashews, walnuts. Those are, you know, they're good nuts. But macadamias are the elite great nuts. They're higher in omega-7s. And that's been linked to fat loss and natural collagen. They have more healthy fats. They have less carbs. And every product is vegan, keto, and paleo. I love these. I love the dark chocolate-covered ones. That's just me. They have beautiful macadamia bars. Buy some of these. Keep them in your uh, desk drawer. That's a healthy snack for you to have. They also have some zesty, spicy ones if you're having that kind of a day. I like to do that if I have like a nice iced tea. And I can uh, pair it with a zesty salsa dry roasted. So here is your call to action. Support a founder and have great macadamia nuts that are healthy and delicious. Houseofmacadamias.com slash twist. Houseofmacadamias.com slash twist. Right now, you get 20% off by using the promo code twist20. That's right. 20% off. Houseofmacadamias.com slash twist. I do agree that I think moving this quickly probably worked really well. We're still at the the only sort of note of caution there not to get too macro is that we're still kind of at the mercy now. And by we, I mean, Fed sentiment is this was also kind of a big theme of the press conference is heavily dependent on what happens with the labor market. And as yes. we know, the labor market is still artificially constrained by the fact that our borders are effectively closed. And so we can't we're not bringing in new workers like the Fed can't do anything about labor supply. Yes. And yet is looking at wage growth and extremely low unemployment as almost like negative signals in terms of inflation. So they want to see unemployment go up. We have record low unemployment. Some states, I was looking at like Utah or something, had like under 2% unemployment. There are places in this country where like they can't find workers and then companies are holding on to workers. So if you've got three or four, you know, I don't know, waiters or chefs or retail workers or whatever it is, you don't want to give them up because, uh, right. you know, it's finding one's going to be hard, I guess, in some areas, but nurses, doctors come to mind as well, with those shortages that we talked about here. And, you know, that's and something they can't drag. control. Yeah. So I guess they're going to give up trying to control that and just be okay with inflation slowing down. And then if people have jobs, and they're decently paying jobs, they can still spend money, but maybe people have burned off all that savings. So I think Maybe, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying about that's the one note of caution still is that he, they don't, at least right now, the Fed is not signaling that they're okay with where labor is. They're signaling that they're concerned about increasing wage growth and increasingly tight employment. But since they, so it's sort of like, are they going to, so the big question was, is the Fed going to punish the broader economy for what is effectively a supply and demand problem? Right. I think we're going to have to have our other representatives in government get together and say, okay, the Fed has pointed this out. We need to have more reasonable immigration. If everybody in this country is going to retire early, if 7% of the country is going to opt out of working, uh, you know, that's 69% peak labor participation we had in 99, 2000, 2001 timeframe is going to be 62% now. That's seven point swing, which is about 10% of the overall active workforce if those 10 percent are not coming back to work people are retiring mm-hmm. early people died from covid or not even early like yeah. boomer age is they're retired but there are there's also this phenomenon of people who did so well with their homes or stuff oh yeah absolutely like, yeah. right and they're yeah. like covid scared me i don't want to go to work anymore and they just yeah i mean it's, a, it's, it's this exhaustion. whole combined thing yeah and all it adds up to is there are not enough people for the job and then that starts to constrain like i will tell you i'm not that interested in going to a restaurant right now or like even staying in a hotel isn't as fun as it used to be because there aren't because the this, service sucks. I'm sorry, like I don't want to be a big diva, but the service sucks. Like it sucks to be in a restaurant and have the price at they don't have enough people. It's more and expensive. Yeah. And you sit there for like an hour because they literally don't have a human to like bring you the check. It's yeah. just like not fun. And so then that starts to become yeah. a spending drag because I'm like, I'll just cook. I have to say, I went to a dumpling. There's like this really cool dumpling place that's really hot in San Mateo. And they use, uh, my wife and I were talking about it, how much we love this toast system. Uh, you get to the table, you scan, and especially when you're with kids, oh, yeah, I love especially that. young mm-hmm. kids. 
you scan the logo, you get the, uh, it knows what table you're at. I already have a toast login. So I'm logged in automatically. It's got my payment. It does Apple Pay. So it is so smooth and easy. My wife scans the same thing. It's, it knows the two of us are at the same table. So it says you and Jade, they added this to this toast interface. It's brilliant. You and Jade are ordering. So then Jade, you know, I, I had to step out for a phone call. She orders two things. And then it says, here's what you ordered. Here's what Jade ordered. Split the bill. Now we're married, so we pay the bill together. But if you but had you four people at the table, see. it would be like, you each have your own check. You pay the check at the table through the phone. You order through the phone. They print the ticket. They tape the ticket to your table. When the dish comes, they just check it off. So, you know, if a kid's like, the kids ate all these one type of dumplings, mm-hmm. and we just immediately order another one. No flagging a waiter. Yeah. You know, no, no uh, worrying about the bill. And then my wife was like, oh, I paid the bill already. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I want to order them dessert. Who cares? Just order two more desserts. Yeah. It's not like a big know. deal. And then pay. I know. Totally. They have yeah. so few servers there. It is unbelievable the efficiency of it. So yeah. that's where we're going, right? And the same thing I, I understand at McDonald's. I don't eat at McDonald's, but um, you know, I, I went to one recently because <laughs> I was getting my snow tires changed. It was the only place open uh, <laughs> in Sacramento. So I went to a McDonald's. I ate a McDonald's breakfast sandwich. It was horrific. Um, egg McMuffin was terrible, but the yeah, hash brown was terrible. terrible. So but the hash brown was life changing. Uh, I would literally mm-hmm. go there and order four hash browns. Yeah, coffee was good actually. Not bad for like a black, you know, hardcore coffee. Yeah, but you like ordered from a giant touchscreen and it's like amazing wow you got the like that was just rolled out i think yeah not very long ago it doesn't i guess it makes sense that that would be the this this would be the region yeah i mean that is the way it's just uh, only automation can solve some of these labor problems but the thing is like automation can't clean a hotel room automation can't like treat your your we have like a massive shortage being said another anecdote i was in miami and there's a new hotel chain citizen m yeah it's 175 bucks a night 200 bucks a night it reminds me of the w hotel you check in yourself you get off the elevator you just check in at a kiosk again and it gives you a key now there's a person there if you have a problem but you can just check yourself in and then you have an ipad in your room by default they clean your room every three days not every day yeah fine and if you do that they donate three dollars a day or three euros a day to charity so you see on your iPad where you control everything through your iPad uh, and you can check it off. I want my room clean. Here's your stay. You're here for mm-hmm. three days. And it says, which days do you want to clean? And it's off, off, on. But I can make it on, 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 which I did. Right. I want my room cleaned every day. I'm in a hotel. But I was just like, wow, this is incredible. It's so affordable. And I can pick what hotel. I could say a $1,000 hotel, $200 hotel. Probably doesn't make a difference ultimately for me at this point in my career. But I'm like, I'm saying it's Citizen M. I don't want to blow 800 bucks and the room was perfectly clean the bedding was amazing it's like right in brickle so you come downstairs and you're in the middle of all the action it's like this is incredible Love cheaper it. than an airbnb in fact yeah and it, it will be it will be about wisely integrating those kind of features and automation so that it's not a situation where like dude i just need a fork but there's no one to bring me a fork and you don't have a fork anyway you know it's sort of like yeah. if i'm in a hotel i need you to take care of me a little bit and i Mm -hmm. like it that's why i'm in a hotel because i don't have to be Mm -hmm. mom today i saw these hotels though in europe like a decade ago like this and i think it's actually a scandinavian company they do have these like business hotels that are meant to be you know you're kind of on your own super self-serve yeah if you if you forgot toiletries you just go downstairs to the front desk they literally had the toiletries in a basket self-serve and you just swipe and pay for them you know if you if you need them so I, I think that this is where the world is it's just changing labor. It's all going to be like different. Exactly. We're going to have to overcome labor with innovation because we do yes. not have enough labor. Yeah. Cafe X, um, you know, this robotic coffee machine that we invested in, you know, mm-hmm. it had a really tough time doing stores in San Francisco. It was horrific. Regulations, vandalism, you know, the whole cohort of things that could be horrible in San Francisco, but they put them in SFO. These things are, the two machines are making almost a million dollars a year. It's like the highest per square foot revenue of any uh thing in sfo or any airport anywhere because you go for less than an hour a day half an hour to f- change the milk clean it you know just check on the machine maintain the That's machine awesome. so if they could have a hundred of these with like a dunkin donuts logo on it or something you could have coffee machines i don't know if the last time you've traveled was but they're so short-staffed at starbucks what was the line like for you at a starbucks at the airport have you seen the lines 
Oh, he's yeah, trying to insane. get a Starbucks. It was yeah, absurd. Mm-hmm. Like you, you literally would take the next flight to give you one to get a Starbucks. It was there must have been forty people online at Starbucks the last time I flew. It was. Nuts. I mean, this it's like so we're just not. I keep thinking about this. Yeah, like how unaccustomed Americans are to having this sort of like these occasionally bizarre, like Soviet esque experiences where it's just like you got to wait two hours for a coffee and P.S. There's no eggs. And, you know, like you might get a, like, literally it is so weird to go to the store and have there be no eggs. And, you know, this has been ongoing in the pandemic, like so many things combining at once, but especially the labor shortage are just like, wow, it's so we're going to have a different expectation in life. And that might be great because we are really spoiled. This is what happened in other countries. I I saw it in Australia. Uh, You see it in Japan. uh, And I saw it in Norway. Like I specifically saw this. I remember going places like that 10 years ago. And when the, you know, when the minimum wage was six, seven bucks here, five, six, seven bucks here in the United States, the minimum wage there was 15 or 20. Yeah. And you were like, oh, you normally you would see maybe some immigrants perhaps in these certain category of jobs. And you didn't. You saw people from Norway were busboys, were, you know, yeah. cleaning the rooms. And you're like, okay, that's interesting. Uh, and it's like, yeah, they're being paid a lot of money to do that job. Mm-hmm. And they are protectionist. They don't allow people to immigrate into their country. And they allow those what would normally be considered like entry level jobs, first rung jobs on the ladder. They kind of moved them up to third rung in terms of totally. union protections, benefits, time off, and the hourly wage. In other words, being, you know, cleaning hotel rooms in some countries is, is not something for immigrants. It's something for the people who right. live there. And so they're oh, very yeah. nationalistic. A, like we have it. We want to have it all. We want to like be giant divas and only have like amazing, awesome jobs, but then not pay yeah. people to do work that we need done and then be jerks about the service. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Oh, America, you'll learn eventually. Doing more with less is more important than ever, especially for startup founders. So if you are running a startup, the Microsoft for Startup Founders Hub is a total no brainer for you. They're going to help you scale efficiently while preserving your runway. Founders Hub has the best startup program we've ever seen. It's absolutely ridiculous. They offer six figures in benefits, including, I kid you not, $150,000 in Azure credits. And you get access to OpenAI's APIs as well as the new Azure OpenAI service. And we talked about OpenAI so much on this podcast, you need to take a look at it and figure out what advantage can you get in your startup with OpenAI's new API free access to github and visual studio is included in the founders hub one-to-one technical advisory and expert help with topics like product fundraising and go to market access to a network of mentors plugged into the startup world free access to partners like linkedin and bubble which can help you build a quick mvp and so much more so here is your call to action the microsoft for startup founders hub is open to everyone whether you're in the idea phase or you're further along and there is no funding requirement. It's a no-brainer, takes five minutes to apply, and startups can get massive benefits immediately. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to write this down, aka.ms slash thisweekinstartups. That's right, aka.ms slash thisweekinstartups. Thanks to Microsoft for the Microsoft for Startup Founders Hub. Um, hey, let's do a real quick uh, AI roundup, and shall we? Humans. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of that, the topic of the year, according to Semaphore sources, Microsoft will, and this is a big one, integrate GPT-4 into its Bing search engine in the, quote, coming weeks. Whoa. Now, GPT-4, this is where we should do a quick, quick, quick level set, which is that right now, everything that you have seen from ChatGPT that has blown your mind and made you think that, like, school is over and lawyers are over and most, you know, careers are done and producers are on the ropes and whatnot, that's GPT-3. Yeah. And GPT-4 is the engine that they say is going to be faster and more powerful, like way more, crazy more, right? They're like, it'll be a thousand times more powerful or whatever. Um, Sam Altman at an event that I was at specifically said that, that that GPT-4 would be a slow rollout, that they didn't want to like release it on society before it was ready. But apparently Microsoft um, is like, that's cool though. We'll do it. We'll do it. We can have it. Just there- us. <laughs> yeah, I think what's happening right now is this thing has captured the imagination more than anybody expected because it's so good, it's so customizable that it has hit the zeitgeist in the same way TikTok, the iPhone, Bitcoin, you know, different 
uh, NFTs yeah. maybe to a lesser extent. But sometimes the technology captures people's imagination and they flow into it. This and hit 100 Dolores. million users, um, which to hit 100 million users, that normally takes years. Uh, and this thing has hit it in like months. What that means for somebody who got the pole position like Microsoft, they're going to want to squeeze this orange for every drop of juice. And it's putting them in the press. Uh, and I think it's going to attract people to the office suite. So remember, I said, uh, you know, they're going to incorporate this into Bing, <laughs> and it's going to mm -hmm. cause Google to really move quickly. Yeah, Google is testing their own version with their employees now. Yeah. Uh, and I, I forgot what that's called. But uh, I think it's called something like Apprentice or something. So Apprentice kind of, Bard. Yeah, there are downsides it is. with the naming and the framing. Um, very important because half of the results are wrong. Some right. of the results are biased, as right. I showed the other day, like with like, hey, I said on ChatGPT, like, make me um, uh, a play or write a poem about the Irish being drunks. Right. And it was like, I can't do that, buddy. And I was like, okay, make me a make me a poem about Irish loving beer. And it was like, oh, the Irish and the love of Venus. <laughs> and you know, it was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Those drunken <laughs> bastards. Those, you know, like, so, and then people were like, hey, yeah. write a poem about how great Trump was. It's like, yeah, we can't really do that. It's like, write a poem about how great Biden is. It's like, oh, Biden is incredible. <laughs> yeah, and totally. So oh, I, oh. I don't know if you saw this, but like now that they've proven some bias, which you predicted over and over again, <laughs> since like, it's based on data sets. Which are based on humans. Is a little racist. A little racist. And it turns out maybe it's part of like the left, not the right political party. So we're going to need to have a rumble version of ChatGPT or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. So uh, today I saw messy. Uh, our friend uh, Sam Altman was defending the employees because the employees are now being attacked because it won't write Trump poetry. It won't write uh, Trump. Pro I did not know that. Yeah, you can look it up. It's you just, can't even. If you ask you know. me to say something nice about Trump, it's like, yeah. Not I mean, that's me. the thing, right? Like it's built on, <laughs> it's built on human data sets yeah. and human data sets are super humans are super flawed and biased and weird. And you know, like, da, 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 da. but yeah, so regardless, that's where we are with it right now, right? It's flawed. It's wrong. <laughs> yes. It's, it is probably going to put a lot of people out of work potentially immediately. If chat GPT four is as powerful as we think. Like it will be really hard to defend. If it learning, gets right answers, law school, like paralegals. Does all, but does all the extra? What I'm trying to figure out, Molly, is I connected it to a Slack room, right? And I was yeah. like, "Hey, this is interesting. Like, if you could connect it to a Slack room, we did it." And then awesome. I noticed, like, everybody was playing with it. But then, kind of like a parlor trick, it was like, "Well, I'm not getting actually good answers, so it's a nice research tool. It's a good mm -hmm. starting point." Like a Google search can be a good starting point or. Well, that's know. what I'm saying is like, that's where we are with this. But because everybody is excited by it and seeing a yeah. bunch of dollars, we're yeah. like, let's go. Let's roll that sucker out. Let's just, let's make chat GPT-4 part of Bing because Microsoft wants to win. And so all yeah. of the, so like unintended consequences don't have to be unforeseen. And we are choosing to be like monkey see no evil about the unfor unintended consequences because yeah. winning is on the table now. I think that's right. And so, you know, we're, I think if you put a big caveat in front of it, like, don't trust this. Number one, don't trust this. Number right. two, uh, don't trust this. <laughs> Number three, don't trust this. <laughs> like, you can't trust the results from it to make any kind of a decision in life. Like, even a recipe, it might give you some tips on, you know, like how to do a party. But to do a recipe, you're probably going to burn your food or it's, it's a coin toss. So if you, Asking how to cook a steak, GPT-3 might burn the steak. Kind of unreliable. And Maybe. I think that's what I'm wondering if GPT-4 becomes reliable. Will any of this be reliable? And then there's the lawsuits on top of it, Molly. Like, mm -hmm. that's unresolved. Citations. Where did it get this data? And so what this is going to do, if, if this gets released into the wild when Google releases theirs, the reason Google doesn't want to do this is they don't want to get sued. I know. And the lawsuits are already here. Google's a big target. But I guess now people are just saying, hey, we're going to deal it's with out. the lawsuits in the review mirror, like YouTube did, like Napster did, and in YouTube they survived, and in Napster it didn't. Yeah. So we'll see what happens here. It's but like, like the rollout, I mean, for all of OpenAI's original stated intent, we are now fully in 
beg forgiveness rather than ask permission territory. Like we're full steam ahead here and damn the consequences and the, da- the consequences could be pretty rough for a while. Pretty rough. And you got to think with GTP4, I think they're going to have to roll back some of the training in it because I don't know if you saw Elon tweeted publicly that he removed OpenAI's access to the Twitter firehose and that, you know, the firehose or the API is now paid where it's going to be paid. You have to pay to use the data, mm. which has been Facebook's position all along, right? Right. And Craigslist position, or it's not an untenable position to say this is our data. You can't use it to train your AI model. I think most people take that position. So that means there must be people who are looking at this and all the money being made. And if you have data that's in chat GPT three right now, like if they scraped Quora, or if they scrape Reddit, you got to mm-hmm. think Reddit's on the phone with Sam Altman or Quora saying and Microsoft saying or Yelp. So if you're Yelp or Quora, you okay. got to be on the phone with these people saying, are you indexing me to train your AI? If so, we're going to file a lawsuit, you need to take us out. So I can see GPT four getting worse. as time goes on. Yeah, yeah, it might get it has better less data. the data set it has, but the data sets might get ankled. And this is where I think there's a good note of caution for all of the people who are really running for this right now, VCs uh-huh. and entrepreneurs. There was a report or at least a tweet or something that said that half of YC's new co- cohort is stuff that's built on top of ChatGPT. It makes sense. We've talked about how if you write it, if you have a thing with a really narrow uh, implementation, there's really a possibility there. And also a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money going like stampeding toward this bubble when all of the things that you just said are true. Chat GPT-4 might have a real data ingestion problem. And all the things I said are true too, which is the unintended consequences might be super terrible in a variety of ways. And I don't necessarily mean end of humanity super terrible, right? I just mean like it's going to disrupt education in ways that might not be good or it will probably put people out of work and maybe produce an inferior result. Like who knows? Yeah. I think it's a tool here for we humans. Yeah, it's going to be a tool for humans, like a research tool, just like the web is. And so people said Wikipedia would kill education, like people just copy the Wikipedia, and people do that. Then they yeah. create a plagiarism track. They say Grammarly, you right. know, would like make it too easy to be a good writer. Like, so I think hogwash, like Grammarly makes you a better writer. You learn over time the changes it's making because it tells you like, hey, here's the mistake. Here's why we're giving you the change. So as a research tool, like does Wikipedia net net make people stupid or no? It makes people more informed. They very quickly find information that they can build arguments on top of. So I think this will augment human intelligence and performance largely because blindly following it is not going to result in a great answer. You have to review it for now, at least. For now. Um, yeah. But people are underestimating how much progress is. I think the lesson for me is people are underestimating how much progress has been made in AI. So self-driving is, you know, people are really... Um, derided self-driving right like they're Cruz and waymo i heard they're lobbying to get them out of san francisco now because they are stopping too often and causing traffic congestion is that you saw that story go by yeah i think so yeah so yeah. that i think was very indicative of something um well i think that's that, yeah well the fact that it's causing some congestion but that it's actually working right like, <laughs> the fact it's that like, it's wait. actually working is underappreciated. There are cars exactly. self-driving in San Francisco without a driver right now, and we're just like, yeah, of course there are. And it's yeah, like, we're like, wait, no, 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 um, no. There are so many of them that they're effing up traffic. That's now becoming yeah. the dialogue, and yep. we've kind of just skipped over the fact that you know that's AI in the wild yeah. working. Um, and you know, when this comes to, I got my my chest X-ray, and. It's, it, you know, because I, I was sick and mm-hmm. uh, came up negative. I don't have like um, uh, an ammonia or whatever or um, upper respiratory problems, thank God. Okay. But I was like, hey, can I see it? And they're like, yeah, here it is. Boom. So it's obviously instant x-rays now, right? You don't have to get film developed. And I'm like, oh, okay. So are you reviewing it? She's like, no, no, this other office is reviewing. I'm like, oh. They're like, yeah, yeah. They, I'm, I'm on with the person right now. They're looking at your x-rays right now at the mm-hmm. central office. I'm like, do you guys use AI? They're like, no, but they've been talking about that. Mm-hmm. So obviously what's going to happen next, you're going to get your x-rays, you're going to get your pre pre-novo or whatever, you know, and it's just yeah. going to be an instant AI analysis informing, you know, the doctors, the radiologists, whoever, hey, here are some things to look at. Here are some possibilities, you know, 
you're not going to make a decision based on that, but it's certainly going to point you in the right direction, just like satellite imagery does now, or right. weather, right? And then what we'll be complaining about in a couple of years is how it got nine things wrong out of, you know, because what we're going to realize is that we're sort of two things. One, 85%, like I was saying with, you know, speech to text, 85% is amazing. It's that 15% missing, though, that makes you sound like a garbled lunatic. Yes. And AI will probably fall into that camp in a lot of instances where it's like 85% miracle and the yeah. 15% is where the problems lie. And that's where we'll be complaining about the incidences that it missed and the things that it got wrong. But yeah, like there's no, there's no look back here. Like this horse has yeah. left the barn. The AI era has begun. Yes. Buckle up. 100 million people in seven months for ChatGPT. That is just unbelievable. Apparently, thank you, producers, two the months, previous two record. It oh, two beat months. by TikTok by seven months. Ah, it beat TikTok. TikTok. So the previous months. record holder was TikTok. To get to 100 million users. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's thing. That's what um, All right, well, next up, <laughs> we're going to talk about... <laughs> next up, the truth is stranger than fiction, but next up, we're going to talk about fiction. We got Lon Harris on uh, for another edition of This Week in Streaming. We're going to talk about the nominations for Best Picture. Spotify mm. earnings, how they may be pivoting uh, or have had mission accomplished in terms of spending a ton of money on content. And then James Gunn's announcement of the first chapter of the DC universe. It's a great discussion. Uh, and like many discussions with Lon, <laughs> we could have talked for two hours, but we'll also talk <laughs> about best picture and uh, who's going to win best picture as well. Enjoy we need a spinoff show with Lon. All right. Enjoy. Have you ever had a frustrating experience trying to work from a hotel or a rental with choppy Wi-Fi and without a proper desk? Anyplace is built for you. Anyplace makes it easy for you to do your best work while spending time in your favorite cities. Anyplace is a housing platform that lets you rent furnished apartments that include equipped workspaces and gigabit speed internet. You'll have everything you need to be productive. A height adjustable standing desk, ergonomic chair, widescreen monitor, professional microphone, webcam, and other useful office gear. Just bring your laptop. All of the apartment buildings have premium amenities for a comfortable stay too. 24-hour fitness centers, rooftop terraces, pools, co-working areas, and more. Any place lets you travel with confidence. Never work from a kitchen table again or worry about unreliable internet. So where to next? Visit anyplace.com twist to get $250 off your booking with the code TWIST250. That's code TWIST250 for $250 off. All right, next up on the show, Lon Harris is here for this week in streaming. Welcome back to the show, Lonnie Donnie. Hey, I made it. All we right. Had a uh, week off, but we're back. We're back, and there's just we're so back. much stuff backed up. Um, you're causing chaos on Twitter, I see. You did <laughs> always, not like Triangle always. of Sadness. I didn't. I really, I thought I would because I like, uh, it's the same director as Force Majeure and The Square, both of which I like. Okay. So I sort of thought I would be into it. And I, it was, it's really heavy handed. It's really on the nose. I didn't, I thought the menu covers a lot of the same ground, but in a more clever, lighter, more fun way. Huh. Uh, Interesting. But it was nominated, Molly, for Best I Picture. Know, I saw. Best Director, and I mean, mm -hmm. over some really amazing films. Which is so, so funny, because I feel like it's not unusual to hate a Best Picture nominee. Like, oh, no. I'm surprised no, no. that people are coming at you so hard about that. But like, this one just... also won the Palme d'Or. This one took the uh, one con last year. I mean, it's supposed to be a great movie. Right. It's a esteemed director. I don't know what. It I is like a this about good Elon. movie. But what we are seeing here, you're witnessing it, everybody, is even Lon Harris has a woke ceiling oh, it's and this is broken it's through the ceiling. No, no it is too on the woke. nose about classism no. it's very on the nose it's very right yes. it's no there's no I, by the time and i on I'm the like, nose oh, is not the same thing as wokeism to be clear spoilers no but it's a woke movie by the time everyone on the luxury yacht is like barfing and pooping everywhere, and it's literally rivers of feces flying, yes. uh, we we Ew. get it. We we get it. You don't need yes. to hit us with it quite so hard. While rich people the are gorging themselves to the point of absurdity, and now yeah. the poorest person is lording it over them and sexually harassing them. It was. We get it. It's it was literally blatant. I I feel it's like literally the world. A little bit more. <laughs> ChatGPT could have written the script. 
Oh, that's funny. More, that's you funny. Know, if you're, when you're when you're doing satire like that, I feel like deploying a little bit more subtlety, letting letting us get there for ourselves instead of dare I say, us. Tar did that, which mm-hmm. challenges you with the character. And this one is like ChatGPT. Write me the a screenplay about all the tropes about classism. Yeah, about how race. obnoxious rich people yes. are and yes. awful and clueless and pampered yeah. and all all those things. Right on. Would you happy otherwise? Are you happy otherwise with the best picture noms? Uh, I still and haven't seen women talking. I really want to see that. Uh, I, I like. I I hate knocking it because technically I thought it was very impressive, but I also don't really feel like All Quiet on the Western Front would have been one of my top mm. ten as a. As an adaptation on that book, I feel like it's a little lacking. It just feels like a kind of it's 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 good. It's well made. It's very like handsomely done, and the battle scenes are great. Mm-hmm. And well acted. Like, I, I I I. It's not a Hollywood bad movie loves by any a stretch. war movie, don't you think? Don't you think Hollywood they, just cannot resist a war movie? It's true, just can't. and and yeah, especially when they're like sort of mounted in this way, and it, it's this very professional, like well-oiled machine of a production. But I mean, to, to nominate this, and like I feel like Nope and Woman King and Decision to Leave. There were so many movies I loved this year that didn't get that kind mm. of acclaim. Molly, mm-hmm. are you excited for Maverick being nominated? Yeah, obviously. Maverick wins. Gonna, so you're going to lose gonna have your to watch it for like a seventh time. <laughs> What are the chances that Maverick could ever win? No chance. No, I think it's. I think it has a chance. I I wouldn't say definitely. I don't think it's. I don't think it would be favored. I would say to me, I feel like everything, everywhere, all at once would be where I would like. I feel like that's the that's leading a a good film right now. A good film. I really. I mean, I really liked it, and I feel like just the groundswell of popularity, it dominating the nominations process so much. I just feel like the momentum is all on their side. I feel like Tar's got a shot. I think Top Gun's got a shot. Other movies are in play, but mm. to me, I feel like it's probably going to be that one. All right, there's a lot of streaming news. What do you, you you got a favorite to win, Molly? In this group, um, I am definitely on the everything, everywhere, all at once train, and I think Tar is my dark horse. Right, I feel like yeah, the, yeah Tar I've, is an infinitely better film than everything, everywhere. but okay. I, it doesn't I, have I to prefer, do with. I it's not Tar. exactly like that's not what they. That's judge not what they're voting right? on. Like, it's no. the best picture, but it's not I mean, the best picture. It's the one that makes us feel best about our vote of that it's group. A, it's a lot right. of things. It's, like I if mean, we I look think, at the if we look at the like history, if we look at Titanic winning or something, like you could imagine a universe where Maverick wins. They love to. They. I mean, that there's a there is a definitely a contingent of the Academy that likes to vote for big populist, popular, beloved films i mean gladiator won best picture mm-hmm. like that there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot forrest of like gump? this was a huge forrest hit gump? yeah forrest gump which was I a huge forrest gump. that was mine and it's yeah that there are definitely a lot of examples of that and i mean avatar 2 but not recently right not, not recently not recently i mean it, I not think. as much recently yeah. they've they've but there are definitely you know mm. there's there is a strong political act you know part activists yeah and i feel like uh, with all the attention over the last decade, Oscars so white and all yes. of these attempts to diversify, that's on the minds of the people voting. They want to project this new image. They Got want it. to you virtue know, signal. Uh, is it though? Because I don't think nope it's virtue signal is not I think nominated, right? Nope is not nominated. Uh, but well, that's everything everywhere ever, at once. Would they'll only ever take it so far? Yes, like no, you can't have no. one. Two would have been another like, great example of like. I think I everything, everywhere would fit that bill of making them feel good for a lack of representation of Asian characters. That would well, fit sure, I mean, that Michelle bill. Michelle Yeoh yeah. is the first uh, yes. Asian nominee since the right. a- Asian nominee for Best Actress since the thirties. Since the thirties, wow. insane. That's the last insane. time an Asian woman was nominated for Best Actress, it was Merle Oberon, and she hid her Asian ancestry so she could get roles. People didn't even know. I was she about was to say, Asian. was it played by a white male? <laughs> was afraid she wouldn't get you know romantic yeah. roles in movies yeah ah, all right well there's a lot going on uh spotify uh stock is way up i don't mm-hmm. know if that's because of layoffs or what w- what's going on here Ma? or the fed you know thank you fed, everybody yeah. but yeah spotify uh did have layoffs also though showed strong user growth growth in q4 oh. earnings and then kind of interestingly seems to be implementing some austerity measures mm-hmm. around content and talent. They had some executive turnover as a result of those layoffs, including mm-hmm. firing chief content officer Don Ostroff, 
who was responsible, I think, for like a lot of those big blockbuster deals, right? The mm-hmm. Rogan deal and Call Her Daddy and like really bringing in a lot of expensive content to try to kind of put Spotify ahead. And this seems to indicate that like the margins were not there for that strategy. Huh. Those deals were big deals and they knew they were overpaying, I think, to make a splash and and get people to listen to podcasts on Spotify, which Spotify is, I don't know if it's the number one, two or three player, but it's definitely up there in terms of podcast consumption. So in that way, mission accomplished. Mm -hmm. And they also had, I think they were coming in from behind Apple dominated podcasting in the early days to the point where that was it. It was like, well, you got to get into the iTunes store. That's where people find their podcasts. Spotify managed to, I don't know who's leading. I don't follow it that closely, but Spotify like mostly caught up. Like at this Hmm. point, I feel like if you say, check it out wherever you get your podcasts, people are thinking Apple or Spotify primarily, maybe Stitcher or a few other options. YouTube as the third. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, And uh, so I think it was successful in that way, but I do feel like there was a downside they maybe didn't see coming, which was when Spotify is just the hosting platform. They can be like, hey, those guys say whatever they want to say, and we're not, yeah. you know, we're just, we're just Spotify, the company where you come listen to it. We're not in charge. But once they start making these hundred billion dollar deals with podcasters, they own it now. People can go to Spotify and be like, why are you letting Joe Rogan say this? I um, wonder that too. I wonder how much of this now, I mean, you guys know my feeling about the the black hole of content spending, right? Like if you're in a race, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more, but like if you're in a race to get eyeballs, you have to spend absurd amounts of money on content. It's an unwinnable game because it's just an endless black hole of that spending. But I also do wonder how much of this has to do with Spotify saying like, you know what? We don't want to necessarily be in the business of right. curating, choosing, and then becoming responsible for the things that are set on our platform. Yeah. They clearly don't want to stand behind everything Joe Rogan says. That sounds like, like, Apple doesn't that sounds do like an interesting that. theory. So the theory is, Hey, we made this big splash. My theory, we made this mm-hmm. big splash. We got ourselves to be one of the top two or three, clearly top two, I think, uh, places to go to listen to podcasts. We got a lot of blowback. Now we don't have to deal with that blowback if we don't do these big money deals, but we still get all the benefit of people right. thinking podcasts, open Spotify. Yep. So it's yeah. probably get your cake and eat it too. And then what that would mean is Joe Rogan and uh, call her daddy and Alex and all those folks will just sell to the next highest bidder. Sure. Which will probably be YouTube. Quite possibly. But I mean, like, does YouTube have a podcast specific offering or are they building that? They're building that youtube.com slash podcasts. Remember, remember they included us in Mm -hmm. that. So if you go to youtube.com slash podcasts, they are now building a hub and the way you're it's a beta, but you give them your playlist as like a proxy for your RSS feed. And so you will see them, I think, continue to work on this. I would be I would not be surprised if you see on the YouTube app a podcast button. And in that podcast button, Molly, if you can subscribe and download those shows, right? Because mm-hmm. downloading of shows is something they don't allow unless you have premium. But podcasts, that's kind of the core of it. Or YouTube podcasts, their own. This Week in Startups and All In, both featured on the YouTube yeah, podcast. I see All In featured under Bitcoin, which is hilarious. And other things too. But <laughs> this Week in Startups is under <laughs> philosophy. Well done, Jason. Look at oh, nice. yeah, of course, there you go. Philosophy. Uh, look at us. No, it's probably picking up keywords. So they got they got some work to do there over time, I think. I mean, Probably. literally every recommendation for me is like MMA. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Anyway. Every time I yeah, look, no, every time I look at YouTube, I'm like, who do well, you think are, I am? Those, yeah, those are clearly customized for you based on your subscriptions. Right, exactly. Which is why I want all those dudes and yeah, which is yeah. why it's all. Uh-huh. There are also people who take the time to do video for their podcast as a small yeah. subsection of overall podcasting. Right. So, you know, work to do there. But um, what was their I mean, revenue like? Are they still growing? Spotify? Spotify. I, I believe so. I don't know. We don't have yeah, our details. It looks like 18% in your year over year. 3.16 oh, yeah. billion euros. Free cash flow, 73 million euros. So I guess that. they're they're solvent. Negative. Oh, sorry. Negative. Free cash negative, flow, negative 73 million. So we don't know how much cash they have. Uh, but premium subscribers up 14% year over year in a down market. That's pretty good, I guess. So it was a negative free cash flow, but Q4 cash and short term investments looked like they were 3.3 billion. Okay. That's and then good. monthly active users were up 20% mm-hmm. year over year. So they seem to, I mean, they have definitely like if the, if it was all a plan, spend a billion dollars, 
right? Like buy eyeballs mm-hmm. and then keep them. Mission accomplished. Yeah. yeah, they got everybody to subscribe to podcasts inside of Spotify. Mm-hmm. They also bought Gimlet, right? Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. they bought the Ringer, but the Ringer is still running independently. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but they they made cuts uh, of a bunch of I I, I just they cut a bunch of Gimlet stuff. It's not yeah. like the other the like the streaming platforms for for TV content. Just because it, no the the idea of exclusivity didn't really take hold in the podcasting world. Podcasters are selling ads on their own show. They want the maximum audience possible yes. to be able to hear those ads. So it's not really in most of their favor to be like I'm going to go exclusive to these guys or that guys. Unlike TV shows where they're all like we're on prime video. The default is that's a good point. Default is exclusive. Right. The only exclusives they had were Call Her Daddy. Broken and maybe a couple of other others. Obama and Bruce is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that's right. So, uh, you know, all the I listen to a bunch of podcasts on Spotify, but none of them are Spotify inclusive. I could jump over to another platform Mm -hmm. and listen to how did this get made? They're everywhere. So I feel like if, if you're Spotify, like. You don't need to be paying for your blockbuster content. People are going to produce it and put it on your platform for free. All right. Before we go you know to the most important news about? of the week. Okay. Come on. Oh, well, I was going to say, you know, what we forget about all the time that I think is like a slow and steady turtle here is Amazon. Amazon Music yeah. has podcasting yeah. built in and they just keep, it's almost like a Microsoft-esque strategy. It's this just like, we're still here. We're here. We got a new feature. We got this thing. We got like a clubhouse type thing, like da 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 like, They get a lot of people like my mom, who's just gotten used to using Alexa. So she'll just say, totally. pull yep. up this podcast and that's on Amazon because Alexa's pulling it up. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't I mean, think to change the default on your Alexa devices, it's pretty. Which of course my mom did Hardly not, anybody so. does, right? <laughs> Amazon <laughs> go into settings. Defaults, podcasting, no, and no, no. She's oh, on Nick, Nick reminds sure. us too that Am- that Audible signed the Obamas away from Spotify. Like mm-hmm, I think that right. there are way more years in the Amazon ecosystem than we realize. Dark Horse, oh, yeah, I would sure. agree with that. Yeah, Dark Horse mm-hmm, for sure, definitely. Yeah, uh, and they also like to spend money. I if okay, if you if they're who should who should buy the rights to Joe Rogan, the number one podcast in the world. Who should buy the rights next if he does do another deal? He could go on his own and just sell his own ads. That's probably best for him and just be available on all platforms. But if Joe Rogan were to do another five-year deal or something like that, who would be best? Who would get the most out of it? Who's the most likely to do it? Who should do it? Who should back up the Brinks truck (sighs) to bring Joe Rogan's 20, 30 million people? I feel like he's just dangerous. Yeah, like you're going to get that, you're going to get a wave of bad press when you do it. You're going to immediately get a lot of people like, why are you, why, he's an anti-vaxxer, he's promoting misinformation, he's a fascist. And I'm not saying I agree with those things or not, folks. Listen, I don't want to start the We're saying like, it's a risky, it's a risky deal to make. That's the word out there in the world. You're going to hear from those people who feel that way. Neil Young still doesn't have his songs on Spotify. It's a real bummer. Sometimes I um, want to listen to, you know, Zuma yeah. and I can't because <laughs> I see YouTube. I see YouTube doing it. Yeah. I think they would. So, you know, I mean, they, you know, I YouTube think would like, jump they the could, fence? I feel you like YouTube willing to absorb that could potentially jump the fence. Although they haven't. Well, I mean, they like incubate creators, but they don't necessarily they don't play that direct content. I game. feel like unless Jason's Daily got Wire, an idea, we should just stop speculating because Jason clearly has an idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, if Ben Shapiro and Daily lay Wire it on us, boss, lay it on us. Have an idea. Obviously, YouTube uh, should do it, right? But they're not going to do it because they don't want to set the precedent of giving guaranteed revenue deals because their holding has been sharing revenue. So it just screws up their yeah. model. So it's even though they should do it, I don't think they will. Then you have Amazon, as you astutely pointed out. Uh, but maybe they don't want to deal with the chaos and the backlash. But who don't give an F? And who kind of leans into the intellectual dark web? If you picked an executive who did, it would be Mark Zuckerberg. He is mm. intellectual dark web curious. Interesting. Uh, you remember he went on yep. uh, Lex Friedman. Yep. He yep. went on Joe Rogan. Oh, He's sure. doing MMA. He's doing yeah. MMA. He's slaughtering his own goats for he, meat. He kills yeah. goats uh, yeah. and then drinks their blood. <laughs> He's exactly in the Joe Rogan kill zone. I, I would not be surprised to He's see him. He's probably a fanboy too. Uh, absolutely yeah, I he is he's a listener yes, i bet 100%. he's a listener. avid listener and so mm-hmm. if he were to pick up joe rogan and put it inside of an exclusive inside of facebook and instagram and wow. whatsapp and you know you had to have one of those three apps to listen to it 
you know, that's a creative to him. And mm -hmm. he's letting Trump back on. He he wants both sides. He's got Mark Andreessen on the board. Like these are meme lords. It's 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 in his wheelhouse. I would say yeah, no, it's the best not person the to do it. It's bold. They haven't really done content deals for a while, so it would it's like if you're coming back. Maybe you, really make him the, you make him the anchor work, show yeah. in the Joe metaverse. Yeah. In the metaverse, you can go watch They had Rogan Facebook podcasting and they shut it down because right. it had no differentiator. But there is an ongoing debate inside of Facebook right now. Should they really lean into splitting revenue with creators because I mean, they see that they're losing that battle? And this would be a great opening salvo. Yeah. Just so you just do a deal it. with just Crowder. Now who's, it's it's who's the guy? Uh, louder with Crowder. You get louder Steven with Crowder. Crowder? You, just, oh. you just go right down the bench of your own. Oh, my God. I mean, you go right down well. the intellectual dark room. That's like Peterson. half of what, what you see. Koch brothers Rolodex and start calling those guys. Pretty much. Hey, down, download Instagram and get my podcast. Mm. Okay. okay, time no. to talk about Last of Us. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> All right. Did you watch it, Molly? Did you watch no. it? Because you hate zombies. You didn't I watch episode so three. I am so scared. And then I asked my friends who were watching it. I was like, okay, scale one to ten. They were like, well, here's the thing. It's the scariest zombies I've seen since the World War Z. Like, they're fast. And, and I was like, yeah, I I'm feel like out. you could watch episode three. And be independent of the rest of the show. I don't think there are really, there's hardly any zombies. No zombies. That's what no I've zombie. heard. Episode three, maybe episode one, episode two. Eh -eh. Episode yeah, three is my new Notting Hill. Like, when I want to, when I... I love Notting Hill. It's like my favorite rom com. Mm. This la episode three of Last of Us is now my favorite rom com. It's right up there with Notting Hill. Okay, I'm mean, I'm just gonna watch that one. I'm just gonna Greatest watch that story as a told and on I television. love yeah. Nick Offerman so much and Murray oh, Bartlett. What a delight! It, I mean, just watch it without. I think you could. You know the context. Yeah, there's a global like I get uh, it. apocalypse going on. But I don't, I, there's hardly, it's not really very violent. It's not really, there's not a lot of horror beats in it. It's mostly a love story. But once mm -hmm. again, the big story here right. is that is the HBO, numbers. Warner Brothers Discovery, and Zod's Law has created must-watch appointment television. Correct, Lon? Yeah, that's I mean, what's I happening think, here. I think the conversation that's happening around, the, like, it's interesting when something like, Wednesday hits on Netflix. It doesn't. It, it it's huge for a minute, and there was that dance everybody was doing or whatever. But the binge model just means it, it's a it's a quick burst. Like mm -hmm. everybody's into Wednesday, and then okay, what what else you got? That's over. Over. And and I feel like the episodic weekly. We've been already talking about Last of Us for close to a month, and there's still months left of, of season one. Mm -hmm. You really can't. You can't capture that with the Netflix model. There's just no way to do it. You can't sustain interest for that long if I can watch it all in yeah. one weekend. And you can't spend money like this. Like this is HBO showing both discipline and quality, right? Like mm -hmm. you make four unbelievable appointment viewing shows a year and mm -hmm. you parcel them out a week at a time while Netflix is just, again, Lighting money on fire, just yeah. pouring money into actually, bingeable content that's like immediately over. I haven't really seen a lot of very specific budget stuff about. I actually feel like Last of Us is not as expensive as what we would think of as. It's not a Lord of the Rings level right. investment. Like it's a lot of locations, but I I don't know. It's 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 it, there. It's it's smaller scale than you'd maybe think based on like a global apocalypse. It's more like a Walking Dead. We're like, okay, let's stay here for the full episode in one location with three 10, 15 million per episode, and, which yeah. when you think about a movie, a movie's two hours and they spend hundreds of millions on Even a two like hour movie. A Game of yeah. Thrones might be a 50, 60 million per episode investment yeah. if it's, you know, Battle of the Bastards or Blackwater Jeez. Bay or one of these massive scale, you know, like mm. there's nothing so like that better. so far. Even better. They can us. have like a high quality expensive show. That isn't outrageously expensive. Right. I think is that's kind of the sweet spot is if you could it. figure out a euphoria or a white load, like these shows that are doing so well, they're not all Game of Thrones level investment. White Lotus, they take over one, four seasons for a few months and they pay a bunch of actors. Right. That's it. No special effects. HBO is crushing it. So uh, The Last of Us is, let's see, tracking 21.3 million viewers. That's per episode, per episode in extended, right? Per episode in extended viewing. So that's White HBO Lotus. on Sunday nights and then HBO Max, you know, afterwards. It's both. 
And then that third episode put up absolutely insane numbers go and rose significantly over like episode huh. one did 4.7 million episode two rose 22% to 5.7 million because no one could stop talking about it. And then episode three rose another 12% to 6.4 million. I mean, this thing is a hit. Yeah. And that, that's the live audience on Sunday night. And then you that's, triple those that. Those are first night numbers. Yeah. 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 Those are the first night numbers and you triple that. And this thing's going to catch heat. It's going to be like Sopranos. It's going to be like Breaking Bad, where people jump in the second or third season and work We're, backwards. Because people got yeah. into White Lotus and watched season two, but they then they went back and watched season one. It's mm-hmm. growing at a sort of a Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon sort of uh, rate at this point. And if you look at Game of Thrones, this is where it started. And by the end, it was 50 million viewers per wow. episode. 60 million. So, I mean, wow, they're on track. If they keep going at their current heat and mo- building momentum at this pace they're on track for another like massive massive hit uh incredible and it's, and it's a video game adaptation two... like i'm such a nerd that i just keep coming back to that like yeah. that and there's only two games so they've got maybe two seasons of runway maybe two and a half three if they make the the second game last but then you know like they're who knows how they're gonna keep this going they could they could franchise this out what did you think incredible. of the dc announcement Juan? Uh, James uh, Gunn. He did like a six-minute announcement of yeah. their slate, and it's it's yeah, and it, it's a it's a little complicated because we've got there's basically three tracks. There is the stuff we're already working on that we've got to finish up through the rest of 2023 track, which is the Flash movie with Ezra Miller, the Aquaman two sequel with Jason Momoa, uh, you know all the other stuff that's sort Shazam. of going Shazam two exactly, uh, and then. There's the Elseworlds, which is, this is stuff we're working on, but it's not going to be part of the main DC Universe continuity. Elseworlds, outside of it. That's a a DC Comics brand. Elseworlds is like, here's a Batman comic, but it takes place in an alternate reality that won't affect the main Batman storyline. So that's stuff like Robert Pattinson's Batman 2, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker 2, uh, the Harley Quinn HBO Max show, that kind of stuff. It's like, Mm-hmm. Stuff happens on there and it doesn't impact. And then there's the new main DC Universe continuity that James Gunn is going to kick off. That starts summer 2025 with his new Superman movie, which is called Superman Rebirth. Uh, we're going to get a Booster Gold HBO Max show, which I'm excited about. We're going to get a Swamp Thing film, which is very exciting, I think. And then, uh, you know, like there's there's a bunch of other projects that there's a Supergirl, like a gritty... Supergirl movie coming up where she's sort of troubled and and a, a, a lot of projects there. My concern is not that any of these things sound bad because I think they all sound kind of fun uh, for the most part. Yeah. We get a Green Lantern show that they're comparing to True Detective. Uh, Viola Davis is going to do an HBO Max show where she returns as Amanda Waller from the Suicide Squad movies. Uh, cool. Your prediction will it be? It's we'll, a we'll end on this. It's a little all over the place. Okay, well, a, let me just ask you this. James Gunn is a supreme talent. I agree. Here is I think your James question. Gunn's very good. Supreme talent. So, will this be as good as what we've seen from DCU to date, uh, which has been obviously a mixed bag? So, will it be better than, let's call it the Snyderverse? And, yeah, the uh, Snyderverse is where we've been since And Man the Wonder Steel. Woman verse, uh, right. Patty. Um, Patty Jenkins, but we call it the Jenkins because Man yeah. of Steel and then his Justice League, that was like, he okay. he cast a lot of these actors, he kind of laid Better the than Snyderverse. So if you were to rank MCU to date, Snyderverse to date, and then we put in Gunverse, DC Gun. I mean, it's really hard Where to Where will say. it rank? I think so much. One, two, gonna, or three. So much is going to come down to this Superman this movie. It's very hard to say. Like, I feel like he's putting a lot on because the Superman movie is the now young a, Superman, young yeah, Superman, now a total mm. franchise reboot. And people are going to be looking to that movie for like, here's our starting point. I, it, 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 it's a, it's a very dangerous precedent. It's kind of another. Remember that Tom Cruise the Mummy movie where it was like okay. Universal's right. dark universe and it all starts here and it's the kickoff mm. and they get they tease nowhere. like eight other movies and then nobody cared. You're always well, in danger cool. of that happening. If that happens Oof. with this Superman movie, Gunn is immediately behind the eight ball, like right away. 
It's basically like you take a supreme talent and you give him too much money and then he turns into Adam Newman. It's like a, you, it could go either way. <laughs> I mean, right. Maybe, maybe if the Superman movie is a huge hit, then, you know, mm. who's to say? Maybe it's going to be amazing. But like, this is kind of what happened with Batman v Superman. Snyder put so many eggs in that basket. This is, I'm introducing Batman. I'm introducing the Justice League. I'm introducing all of these threads. And then when that movie didn't really do that well... You know, now he's in this awkward place where he's so, constantly going back what to a does movie your gut people tell you? really like. My gut One, tells me that two, three. my gut tells me that I think I don't think this is another MCU. I don't really feel like anybody's okay. going to So it's not number 1. MCU stays number 1. So then is it better than Snyderverse? I feel like there's a lot of potential here. I trust James Gunn's instincts more than okay. Zack Snyder's myself. Like not that I hate I like some Zack Snyder movies, but I feel like I'm more aligned with James Gunn's view of what these movies okay. and this world should be like. So, yeah, sure. And there's there's I think there's some exciting stuff. The Authorities doing a team up film there. Paradise Lost. He's doing a show set on Themyscira. Wonder Woman. I'm looking forward to Home yeah. Island. So that sounds good. Like there's a lot of cool stuff here. If they there do Themyscira, are they going to bring back Gal Gadot? He's the only two that we've gotten. Definite. They're done. We know Henry Cavill's done as Superman and we know Ben Affleck's done as Batman. OK. Other than that. He's he might refusing. keep Wonder Woman, might keep Aquaman. He might okay. keep, he might keep one. Uh, it doesn't sound And he good. might keep the Flash, he said. He might keep Ezra Miller. He might keep, Momo is definitely still they in the mix, but we don't know who he's therapy. playing. Yeah. Um, but okay. who, who's to say? And I mean, because Viola Davis is going to stay around as Amanda Waller. They're doing a new season of Peacemaker with John Cena. So those characters are going to stay. So anybody mm. in the Suicide Squad, Margot Robbie might still be Harley Quinn in something. Who knows? Because we're right. going to have Lady so Gaga have as Harley Quinn, but that's an Elseworlds project. Yep. So. All right. You know what Thank I mean? You, it's such a grab uh, bag. <laughs> we, got him, we got him riled up. All right. Love All right. Him. See you next time. Have, You're the see greatest. Time. We'll see you next time. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in on a Thursday. Tomorrow, Rachel's getting called up to the big leagues. Molly's out of town. So Rachel is going to read the Google, Amazon, and Apple earnings. Molly's out on the slopes. You're going to ski? You're going to ski? Yeah, nice. I am. I'm skiing in your hood. Oh, be careful. Be which careful I don't normally do. I'm not yeah. skiing like you ski. Just your like, uh, You don't want to push it. When you get towards the end of the day, there is the last run curse. Yeah. Um, our, our boy Matt in, uh, in our partnership department uh, took a spill yesterday <gasps> on the last run. Last run oh, curse exists. No. Always go easier on the last run. Oh, yeah. As I'm opposed like, to producer Nick, who on I'm the last run lazy. is like, don't oh, say what's last the run. Hard? No, don't say. You just don't say last run. That's the just rule. don't say no, last you run. You never say right. last run. And then you just, just when you get to the bottom, you say, "I think good that's rule. a good last run." I'm the laziest skier in the world, you guys. I like to have fun. Don't get hurt. Like five, four Take to six nice long blue runs, and then a hot toddy. That's my jam. There you go. Perfect that's my jam. There's yeah. So thanks for taking over, Rachel. I appreciate it. I'm excited about this little last minute, John. <laughs> uh, enjoy, and we'll see you all see you Monday. tomorrow. And Molly Monday. I'll see you Monday. All right. Bye bye.